Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Tuesday, May 25th edition of the Basement Academy, this gymnasium of the soul where we hopefully engage a heart and mind and soul that leads to strength, uh, a stronger faith, hope, and love through our Lord Christ. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes of your day. Psalm 145. I've always enjoyed this one. <clears throat> this is a psalm of praise, it says, a psalm of David. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Psalm 145. It's an interesting psalm. It's an, it's an acrostic psalm. Each of the verses begins with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So in English, it would be the first verse begins with A, second verse with B, third verse with C, fourth verse with D, and so on. So interesting, the psalmists sometimes do that. It would it was un, it's understood to be a, a memory device so that you could actually memorize the psalm. So it's not just reading it and praying it, but committing it to memory. And so the ABCD uh, uh, mechanism, as it were, kind of this poetic device. Um, I, I just love the psalm. It's, um, it's a big psalm. It, 
it it views kind of it's a comprehensive psalm one generation will commend your works to another my mouth will speak in praise of the lord he fulfills the desires uh, of of those who who fear him there's this uh, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom your dominion endures forever and so it's this kind of a stepping back and looking at the scope of of all things the lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made i love that verse the lord is faithful to all his promises not one of god's promises ever fails or falls to the ground as we read elsewhere and we need to know that because we forget that um, we become anxious of the future. We become fearful. Um, we become angry and disappointed when things aren't tumbling out the way we want to in life. And we forget that God has promised that <laughs> all things are working to the good of those who love him or called according to his purpose. So if we can't see a, a good uh, purpose or a good end right now, remember this verse, the Lord is faithful to all his promises. So he will bring about a good end. Sometimes we're in the middle of a story and we can't see how the hero's going to rescue the damsel in distress, so to speak. Um, so anyway, I commend Psalm 145 to you uh, for, your, for your own prayers, but for your own thoughts um, about how you're living your life and, and sensing God at work. Okay. Chapter 12, the last chapter uh, in Ecclesiastes, we've been reading and reflecting uh, a day at a time, a chapter at a time. And then for the rest of this week, I'll just tease out some additional thoughts uh, from the study of Ecclesiastes. Uh, this particular passage was read at my graduation from seminary, which would have been May... In fact, almost, uh, it was of, of 1992, so what is that, uh, 29 years ago? Is that right? Yeah, wow. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, and it was like May 20, I think it was May 22nd, 1992, so just over 29 years ago. One of our professors, our preaching professor, read this, um, Gwen Walters, Dr. Walters, and he was a, a man of smaller physical stature, but his spiritual stature was enormous. <laughs> it was gigantic, just the way he was held in regard, his spirit. Um, um, he died not long after uh, graduation. Um, he had to take a step back uh, from teaching. So unfortunately, I had one class with him, but not both of my preaching classes, um, as he believed it was cancer. But he, he read this uh, at our graduation and, and his subsequent death, I think, made, made this more, more poignant. But I will always remember him preaching class. And he said in that Welsh accent, you have not preached until you've preached Christ. And, and it was just like, yes, preaching is not just standing up there and talking. It is preaching Jesus Christ. And so I thank uh, God for Dr. Gwyn Walters. Um, I will not be able to read this as um, wonderfully as he did, but it is a, it's a quite um, stirring passage. <clears throat> uh, 
Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark, and the clouds return after the rain, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire is no longer stirred. Then man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads, their collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books there is no end, and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. It's, it's the conclusion, truly, <clears throat> of this amazing book. Um, if you've been listening, watching uh, for the last couple weeks, uh, chapter by chapter, it, it's a book that challenges, that uh, disturbs uh, in, in some very honest ways. It calls it like it is, looking out at the world under the sun. These are the things that happen uh, with work, with relationships in the community, with government, with justice or injustice, a time for everything. And so this, this honest assessment of the human life or the human condition uh, draws now to a conclusion. And so yesterday at the end of chapter 11, be happy while you are young, let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth, but know for all these things that God will bring you into judgment. And so that it continues, again, the chapters are, the, the, the original text, the, the writer of this did not put chapters in, that was, those were added later. So chapter 12 just flows right from chapter 11. 
remember your creator in the days of your youth. So be happy, live it up, enjoy, but know that you'll be brought into judgment. So remember your creator. Remember you didn't make yourself. None of us makes ourselves. Remember God, remember the creator. Remember you were fashioned in your mother's womb. Remember you have received life. You didn't earn life. You don't deserve life. You received life. We were completely passive in this life, entering into this life. We didn't choose to be born. We were born out of the union of a man and a woman. And so, and so remember your creator. Remember that God had a purpose for bringing you here. Do this in the days of your youth. So while you have strength, while you have vigor, while you have your senses and abilities and your capacities are strong, while your interest is strong in life, remember God. Because, and this is, this is the poignant expression of this passage, Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. Unless one's life is cut short, and, and this does happen, again, under the sun, east of Eden, in a fallen world, things happen. But for most people, there is an arc and a trajectory to their life <laughs> There's the, the springtime of life, the summer, the vigor, the vitality, autumn, as we begin to reach middle age, and then winter comes, right? There is an arc, a trajectory, as it were, uh, to the human life. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. And then what the teacher does is writes one of the most uh, poignant, poetic expressions of this downward arc of old age. Remember the creator in, in the days of your youth before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark. So night and day sometimes cannot be distinguished. Day just flows into day. We heard this often from my mother. What day is it? Because the, the schedule, there, there's nothing to engage. There's the calendar used to be so full of activities and Monday had this and Tuesday was meetings and Wednesday was this activity and Thursday. And, and eventually one day is the same as any other day. Sun and light, moon and stars. Uh, when clouds return after the rain. No, 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 no. The, the, the clouds are supposed to leave. No. For old age... You finish one storm, another storm comes. You finish one doctor's appointment, another doctor's appointment comes. You address one ailment, another ailment comes. The clouds return after the rain. The storm comes again after you've weathered one storm. When the keepers of the house tremble, the keepers of the house, the, the hands, that's that we're able to defend ourselves and work with our hands. The keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, one's legs that, that, that strengthen and give, they stoop. They're, they're kind of the bowing of the legs. When the grinders cease because they are few, when your teeth start to fall out, and those looking through the windows grow dim. The eyes are the windows, right? The eyes, the window. And so those who 
look out through the windows, uh, grow dim. Eyesight fails, right? When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, that might refer to the ears. <laughs> the doors to the street we kind of hear and the sound of grinding, all the activity out there might be our lips, might be a reference to the lips. We just don't want to say a whole lot. There's nothing to say. Sometimes we repeat ourselves as we get older. We, we forget a little bit. When men rise up at the sound of birds, but their song grows faint, sleep is difficult. You know, when you're young, in your youth, you're, you're active, you're, you're, you're engaged, you're exercising, you're working, your sleep is sweet. But for old age, often people rise at the sound of the birds as they start chirping at 4.30 in the morning or whatever it is right now. Hmm... When men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, there's just a sense of, I don't know if I want to go out anymore. An old age, even taking a couple stairs, going up the stairs feels precarious. Uh, when the almond tree blossoms, the almond tree would become the, the, the white hair, as it were. The blossoming of the almond tree would be white. The grasshopper drags himself along. Grasshoppers are supposed to be jumping with energy and chirping and the grasshopper now drags himself along just kind of shuffling right in old age we shuffle and desire is no longer stirred any interest um in 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 love and sexual intercourse and it just desire uh, has faded then man goes to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets mm. What a passage. It's this poetic expression of the reality of declining physical strength, the, the downward arc of old age. And my dad and mom, we used to talk about this as they would get older. Uh, I don't can't remember who said it. Maybe it was Mae West. Uh, growing old is not for sissies. <laughs> growing old is not for sissies. It is hard hard work. And so um, this book ends with remember your creator in the days of your youth before all of this happens. Because it is not easy to begin a relationship with God in old age. There are so many infirmities, the challenges of life, the unsteadiness, uh, the trembling of life, some of the fears and anxieties, uh, the lack of engagement in life. When one becomes older, you need to already have that relationship with God. <laughs> so remember your creator in the days of youth before these things happen. And then it goes on before. Remember him before the silver cord is severed, or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well. And the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God. And so uh, the commentators believe the silver cord may refer to, as, as you age, kind of the boniness and you see the, the, the spinal cord, right? The backbone, um, the, the golden bowl perhaps may refer to 
the, the head, as it were, and just this reality, this kind of downward falling and leaning forward. The pitcher is shattered at the spring, and the wheel broken at the well may refer to just the loss of life. These, this image, the pitcher is shattered. The, instead of holding water and light, the water is the picture of life and vitality, and it's shattered, and life just spills out, and it's over. Mm. So this is what Dr. Walters read at our graduation from seminary. <laughs> and so maybe this is partly why I love this book too. Um, at that moment of our great accomplishment and being commissioned and, you know, we've, we've been trained theologically and we've learned about pastoral care and church history and all of these things. One of our beloved pastors, our preaching pastor, reads the text. He didn't even comment on it. He just read it in such a fashion. And so go forth with this awareness. <laughs> it's like this vitality that you have in ministry, for ministry. Keep God in view. Don't, don't, because sometimes folks in, in go to seminary and the relationship with God gets more complicated because some other things haven't been worked out. Anyway, such a, a gift, uh, such a, a beautiful, beautiful passage. And then the conclusion of the matter. Not only was the teacher wise, he imparted knowledge, he pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. And so this is why people associate, for other reasons, but this in particular, associate this book with Solomon. Now, Solomon may not have written it. I, I personally don't care if he did or didn't. It is clearly Solomonic. It is reflective of Solomon's life. And so this um, may be one schooled by Solomon, okay? And so it's Solomonic in, in that sense. And the teacher searched to find just the right words. Sometimes it's trying to find just that precise word to convey the thought. And the words of the wise are like firmly embedded nails. Fixing things in place. Truth and wisdom. Um, these, these ideas... This, these, these images that are given to us, a time for everything, a season for every activity, these, these words are just the right words that God the Holy Spirit wanted us to have to understand with a sober judgment and yet joyful understanding that there's nothing better than for a man or a woman to enjoy this day. Whatever this day's task and labor is, this day's meals will bring, this day's conversation, this is the only day we get. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so this call in this East of Eden uh, way to live this day fully for your creator, for your God, and as we now know in Christ, for Jesus, okay? I love this one, of making many books there is no end and much study wearies the body. At the end of a book, <laughs> interestingly, it's probably a letter, but the end of this book, of making of many books, there is no end. 
humans are always writing. There's something in us that, that has this compulsion to write. And so you see all the books behind me here. I've read some of them twice. <laughs> um, there's something in the human family that pursues knowledge, pursues understanding, pursues wisdom. And we fashion ourselves to be authorities and we fashion ourselves to be advocates for these things. And, and people have a lot of things to say. Uh, I, I think about this myself. I, I wonder if there's a book or three that I should be writing. And I, I remember some years ago, there was this offer to take some sermons and I just, that didn't come together in the way I had intended uh, at the moment, partly because my life is full. It takes time to do these things, and I occupy myself in other pursuits in ministry than with the withdrawal from ministry that is almost required to write, at least for me. And so this passage, this particular verse of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body, and, and so it is. You can never get enough knowledge. There's, I think this way of saying, you, if, if your goal is to know everything in the world, it's never going to happen. The pursuit of knowledge, and there are people who are drawn to that, and I, I am always wanting to learn. So it's this balance between being a lifelong learner, but don't, don't let it go to your head, okay? Don't become proud and puffed up. There's more out there than you'll ever know. And so there's this, it's a call to humility, I think, of the making of many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. And so let us take what we know and let us apply that. And so I, I've heard it said, if you know John 3, 16 and Romans 8, 28 and a couple other verses in the 23rd Psalm uh, and love your neighbor as yourself um, and, and love God, you know enough to live a faithful life. The challenge is not with knowledge. The challenge is with application. And so now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commands. This is the whole duty of man. This is what God would have us do living this life in these few short years that we have because they pass swiftly. Fear God and obey his commands. God created man and woman, Adam and Eve. He created the human family to bear his image. He created us to live in relationship with himself and with one another in their folly. <laughs> Adam and Eve, the human family, walked away from that, chose to be as gods unto themselves rather than to live in submission to God, chose to be gods, to be the ones who determine right and wrong, good and evil. We will be the ones who build towers to the heavens as in the Tower of Babel. We will be the ones who make names for ourselves. We will think we are our own creators. <laughs> Remember your creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, in this arc of human uh, decline and old age takes over. Don't weary yourself out. Don't wear yourself out trying to know everything about the world, to know everything about uh, the mysteries of life and God. Just fear God and keep his commands. As John writes in his uh, first letter in the New Testament, this is life, to obey the commands of God and his commandments are not burdensome. The wise person understands that the commands of God are not burdensome. They are life. 
they are what give us direction. They're, they're what give us strength. They're what give us hope. Um, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. If we just knew those two commands, just fear God and then just, which is love God, right? To fear God is to live your life with an awareness. It's not, oh God, it's living your life with an awareness that your creator will call you to account, that you will give an accounting for your life. God gave you life. We will then speak back to God. Here's what I did with my life. And we need not do that in fear because, again, because of Jesus, absent Jesus, no Jesus, no sacrifice, no cross, no death, no resurrection, no atonement, there would be much to fear. But we are going to give an account for our lives. So live your life, the whole conclusion of the matter, the whole duty of man. Live your life with a sense that there's a God watching who loves, who's faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he's made. Live towards that God. Live in light and trust of those promises and keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. And so um, we'll we'll tease out some more thoughts over the next couple days, but um, go and read read chapter 12 yourself in whatever translation um, you, you, you can find. So it's a powerful, poignant, wonderful passage, and I, I commend it uh, to your understanding. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the way in which your spirit moved within the teacher, whomever that was, whether Solomon or one of those who studied under Solomon. And thank you for this poignant, bittersweet expression of the arc of old age. And so help us, O Lord, to remember you, our creator, our savior, our redeemer. We pray for our children. We pray for our grandchildren that they would know you from a young age, that they would remember their creator in the days of their youth before days of trouble come. And it seems as if we are in days of trouble, O Lord. And so keep us, help us refresh and renew our own spirits. We who listen, we who hear these words even today, that we might be faithful and bear witness to the coming generation of your goodness and grace. And help us to keep your commands. Oh, they are not burdensome. Help us to delight in your word and to meditate on it day and night that we might be like those trees planted by streams of water, bearing fruit in every season. Father, hear us as we make our prayer in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And may the God who is faithful to every promise and loving towards all he's made, May that God bless you, keep you, watch over you, strengthen you, comfort you, even this day and forevermore. Amen.